Hello and welcome to episode number 189. I'm Schmitty. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. And uh, we are without Colin. He's on a date. With a girl. A real girl. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I told him that uh, we'd be wishing him luck. So go get him, Tiger. The date will probably be over by the time this, you know airs at least i hope so well maybe he doesn't hope curfew. so just think of how epic that would be you think you're just going to dinner in a movie and like four days later yeah you still haven't escaped from her basement yeah that's not great first date territory <laughs> it puts a lotion on its skin <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. we I, just I took a dark turn way too early in the show we, we haven't even passed the first minute and already we're to the hannibal lecter Okay, so we want to give a shout-out to our friends. On that happy note, to trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. Hey, you know who else is awesome? Bet you can guess, 4814. Indeed they are. Uh, in fact, uh, just tonight, they are actually overhauling our site. Um, <laughs> we've installed a new backend that should serve up pages much faster um, and help secure things as well, so we aren't ever hijacked. And uh, they, I just suggested to them, hey, think you could do this? And they said, yeah, sure, we'll do it tonight. They're that awesome. They are that awesome. Uh, they run the fastest servers, the fastest web server de- environment that's out there. I think it's pronounced in Genix. I don't know. I'm not a web geek. Sounds good. That's why we have them. You know? You can get, get them too. Go ahead. Go to 48-14.com. Look them up for the best web hosting out there. Slow news week. Relatively. I mean... Relatively, sure. yeah. We had some things, but it all seemed to be crime-related. Did you notice that? <laughs> I did notice that, and I noticed that none of the news stories said, hey, Lollipop is now available on Nexus 5 and Nexus 7. You mad, bro? A little bit annoyed. <laughs> yeah, interestingly, um, we're, we're, we're skipping around. This isn't even a headline. Uh, s- supposedly, the G3 from LG, you know, Schmitty's in my phone, uh, we're going to get Lollipop before the end of the month. Woot woot. And, you know, I'm totally cool with that so long as the Nexus 5 gets it before y'all. Uh, I, I think we need to put a friendly wager on this. What do you guys think? Um, I Don't you already have it, Zook? <laughs> I nearly do. I have every other <laughs> Lollipop app there is. Yeah, there's a lot of APKs that have been leaking. So I've installed six in the last two days. Yeah, my, my phone basically looks like Lollipop. It just doesn't have the actual Android 5.0 just, on it. Just resist the licking, okay? Yeah, that app didn't work out like it promised. <laughs> My screen's really clean, sleep. though. Uh, so different themes, you get different flavors. Yeah, no. Okay. Um, we're going to start that up. We're going to have like a counter on the site. Lollipop watch. Who's getting it first? <laughs> How many licks does it take to get to the center of your lollipop? Three. There goes our family-friendly rating. Okay, speaking of Google, Google had a very interesting idea a while ago. They wanted to track the progress of uh, influenza in the U.S. um, with Google Maps. They wanted to use all their number-crunching prowess and all their data mining technology and all their mapping technology and see how the flu was actually going through this flu season. Alarmingly, um, it basically said that the entire world had the flu. Yeah, they uh, misrepresented, or I guess underestimated the uh, over, over, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll quote it here. He's like, uh, they, they show the map, and the map is really red, like really, really 
bad red. It's so, like red after the elections on Tuesday night red. It's like Ebola monkey red, okay? <laughs> Look at all Ebola that red. Monkey. Spooky. Except that, unfortunately for Google, there's a significant portion of the population that consists of wildly neurotic, perfectly healthy hypochondriacs. That's the word I was looking for. Have you ever <laughs> noticed, though, that when you go, when you're like feeling a little bit under the weather and you go to like WebMD or something and enter your symptoms in, you either have like a runny nose, which they say go blow it, or you have like the most horrible- I'm fairly certain that is not a diagnosis. That or- is not an actual <laughs> prescription on any WebMD page. <laughs> or you have the most horrible deadly disease known to man and it's all because you're sweaty after you worked out or something you've got leprosy goodbye yes. <laughs> i mean it's ridiculous how there's no in between and the diagnostic is never diagnosis is never right because they tell you you have either the worst case like your arm is going to fall off and you'll be dead in 12 minutes <laughs> or go drink some water <laughs> or go drink some water and blow your nose you have renal ble- bleeding. No, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, better than anal bleeding. No, it's I'm, not. I'm, I'm fairly certain I do not have that. Yeah, and so I can see how this data would be skewed based on the way that WebMD and other sites like that treat these types of diagnoses. Yeah. Um, well, uh, to fix this, Google decided to actually get data from the CDC. You know, the people who actually track this kind of thing year after year that's um, madness yeah um they say that the updated results will be released soon oh good we'll see All how right. much of the map isn't red <laughs> and see that kind of reminds me of how they're treating the lollipop rollout it'll be soon <laughs> soon tm but, but the lollipop rollout isn't based on our search results so <laughs> you may think- only have the lollipop if you have the flu I think they're going to throw um, the word soon into beta for 12 years. Or maybe lollipop is the vaccine for the flu this year. Ooh. Hey, I have the flu. Oh, here's here's a lollipop for you. Got a fever, and the solution is more lollipop. I need more <laughs> lollipop. <laughs> I got a fever. Sorry, Cowbell reference there. I want to see Google actually uh, trademark a new product and name it soon. That would be awesome. The Google soon. It could be like a scheduling assistant just to really screw with tech journalists. Wasn't there a, a, an April Fool's about that? There's there's Google now and then there's Google later. <laughs> I, I don't remember if, the, if that's something we made up or if that was like a, an April Fool's joke. And it's it does fruit flavored. Like, it does seem like that should be something that we did. It was like a no, there's the Google yesterday. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Amazon had the yesterday shipments. We shipped it yesterday. <laughs> we shipped it yesterday. Yes, I recall that vaguely. Mm. Hey, let's uh, jump ahead. And speaking of Amazon here, we have uh, fun, fun news for Amazon Prime subscribers. Oh, uh, yeah. I, well, I'll get into my feelings on this first, but uh, afterwards. But first, here's the perk. If you're an Amazon Prime customer, you now get unlimited cloud storage for photos. That's pretty yep. awesome. Indeed. I'm up to 600 gig right now. Yeah, and considering photos are getting bigger and bigger and bigger, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I just say shoot in raw mode and just swamp their servers. Yeah. See how their uptime holds up. Here's a 500 megabyte photo. (laughs) Have fun with that. 
<laughs> what, what's funny is that the uh, the first, I think, thir- uh, 10 to thir- 13 years of photos that I have only take up about like, 5 gig or so. Because they're like, like 320 but, by 320. Yeah. But then like the last three years of photos I have takes up like 600 gig because they're all either raw or... Um, and some of them are video format. It's been taking some of the video formats. So, Oh, they do accept raw format. Yeah. Yep. I was joking about that, but that's nope. pretty cool. <laughs> They're now, asking for it. Now, Amazon's um, cloud storage is one of the best. It's one of the most reliable. My company actually uses it for its corporate backup mm-hmm. um, and have for years. And we're not the only ones. A lot, of, uh, a lot of other places do as well. So I'm not worried about Amazon running out of space or losing anything. But... <laughs> This comes at the same time as the new um, Amazon Echo. You guys hear about that? It just launched today. This is Thursday yes. we're recording this. Echo is essentially a home speaker that sits there on your desk and lets you talk to it. Google Now or Siri style or Cortana style, however you want to call it. Um, and you can ask it anything and it will access Amazon's um, database of things and you can search for whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. I'd name mine Jarvis. Just because. Now, currently, you can sign up for the chance to buy one, which seems oddly Google-esque of them. And if you are chosen, you can buy one for $199, unless you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, and then it's only $100. So basically, one year of subscription worth off. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon seems to really be pushing the Prime subscription Mm -hmm. hard. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, they're with Amazon Prime and everything they're doing with it, um, it kind of kind of seems like they really want to push their ecosystem. And, and this, this just goes to prove a little bit of my theory that they're allowing unlimited photos on that. Um, and what, what is the best way to, to show our photos when you're out and about on a phone? And so I, I think their long game here is uh, to sell phones. Their phones tanked earlier this year, and uh, so this is this is definitely going to help that. Well, I yeah, have a couple, and I, I have a I have a couple thoughts on this. There are obviously oh crap! I just derailed brain fart. They've got some <laughs> issues with with the with the Fire Phone. Is that what it was called? I can't even yeah. remember. It was yeah. so it was so gone. But they admitted this week. They're like, yeah, we had issues with it. It was not a very good product, but we're not deterred. We're going to keep coming at it. So I think you're exactly right, Schmidty. I think that we're going to start seeing more of that. But we also talked a couple weeks ago. I think it was about how they're not exactly making money hand over fist like people would expect, and so maybe pushing the prime. Uh, in the short term is to try and hopefully build up some of that revenue and then their long game is with the with the phone yeah well uh, to be cl- clear they came out this week and actually said that the they didn't say the phone was crap they said that they totally missed they, they missed planned the launch and the price point yeah uh they launched it at like six hundred dollars and when that didn't work they dropped it to 99 cents it's kind of a big range i think um <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I just, a little, just a little large. The the key here is is to look at different services. Okay, um, right. I use Microsoft because it's a classic example. Microsoft makes mad bank off of Xbox Live. Mm-hmm. They actually take a loss on every console they sell because they know that if you buy the console, you're buying the service, and they make nothing but money on the service. 
Yeah. It's almost 100% profit, you know? Uh, and Sony does the same thing with the PlayStation Network. Amazon seems to... I mean, they offer incredible value for a Prime membership. So much value, you would be stupid not to sign up for it. If you use Amazon a lot, use Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. You know, you get TV shows, you get music deals, you get unlimited storage, you get free shipping, you get so much that it really does make you wonder, how are they making any money off of that? <laughs> how much is an Amazon Prime now? $99? $90? $99 a year. Yeah. $99 a year. How much is standard shipping for, say, I don't know, um, a keyboard, a computer keyboard? Uh, five to ten bucks. Yeah. Five to ten dollars. Yeah. Eight bucks. Yeah, so all I really need to do is ship 11 of those in a year, and it has paid for itself. Well, you think about Christmas. How many things do you buy from Amazon, and how much do you end up spending in shipping costs alone? I mean, it Christmas right there almost makes a Prime membership completely justified. Yeah. But look at it from the other standpoint. Look at it from Amazon's standpoint, okay? All you have to do is ship those 12 keyboards, you know, or, or something heavier or whatever, and after that point, Amazon is losing money on you. Everything you do after that is losing Amazon money. Yep. But they're still making profit on the products you're selling. They're still getting overhead. It's not shipping. Shipping isn't the only thing they make money on because there's, there's still, you know, margin on that too. No, I, I got you. But <laughs> I, I just, I'd like to see the profit and loss on that, you know, because at right. some point there's a break even for them, just like there's a break even for you. Yeah, but it, it seems like I mean with with Amazon, much like you know, a lot of stores uh, have, um, you know, loyalty rewards, customer rewards, things like that. It it brings people, it, it keeps people people coming back and buying more from them. So it it almost seems like, you know, yeah, the the customer buys ninety nine dollars, and then after there's this break even point for the customer, but Amazon continues to make money because that customer's still buying from them instead of going to Walmart. Or you know what I mean? So it seems like there's this retention value because well, of that. And and speaking of Walmart, you know, Walmart gets killer deals because they do so much volume. And so they're able to go to their suppliers and say, Okay, this is what we will pay for this and if you don't want to give us that price, then too bad we'll go elsewhere. How much of that's going on with Amazon? Because Amazon does a ton of volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Amazon doesn't manufacture. No, they, they don't. don't and they don't sell directly. No, but they 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 do well. They do they, sell directly. Uh, they still have suppliers, though. Yeah, they they ship it or they they buy in bulk and have warehouses, and then they also drop ship, and then they also have the eBay eBay style method, which um, I don't, I don't know how much they make off of that. It can't be as much as their other revenues, but um, but yeah, they you got to think that they're they're making a lot of overhead just with the stuff that they're they're storing because they buy those in bulk, so. Do you mean profit, not overhead? Or, you're right. Profit. On the <laughs> Before just, rough jumps all over, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not a good economist, sorry. I, I just I just imagined in my head of the uh, the human race in the future and what Amazon would have to become to survive in interstellar shipping. And that must be like the ship that Ripley was on. It's just an Amazon <laughs> transport ship. Probably. Well, it, when you said... The future, my mind went to a place where, you know, we, we get those fridges and pantries that auto-stock themselves. And so, like, long after humans are dead, fridges and pantries keep restocking themselves because the food keeps going bad. And since Amazon also is running on automatic, it's just this steady flow of products from Amazon to fridge. 
and the then the term- delivery drones become sentient. And the delivery I was drones, just going to yeah. say, and the Terminators are reveling in it. <laughs> Check it out. I got a great deal on this Nerf gun. Those robots are rich. <laughs> Anyway. That's an interesting thought. Just take any of the sci-fi stuff and put today, one of today's corporations behind it. Like Red Dwarf is a Rio Tinto ship. <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk about Dropbox. This is kind of interesting. This is really interesting. Um, Microsoft decided to offer a partnership to Dropbox for integrating into Office. Now, if you don't have the newest Office 2013, you probably wouldn't know this, but OneDrive is featured heavily in it. Makes no real surprise, right? You can have personal OneDrive, which just comes with Windows 8. Or if you have a OneDrive at work, you have OneDrive for business. And both of them are integrated right into Office. This means that you can hit save and either save to your computer or save to OneDrive. And it's just as easy either way. I can't really describe it any more than that. I feel like I'm over-explaining it as it is. But if you haven't used it, you really have no appreciation for how simple and how integrated it is. Well, and, it, and it's so well integrated that some people might be using it without even knowing it. Because yeah. it defaults to OneDrive now. You might be using it and not even know it. So, Yeah, I was just going to say that. I, I just got a compu- new computer yesterday. I installed Office 2013, 365, whatever it is. I don't know. And... I started, I was working today on it, and I couldn't figure out why it kept asking me for my password when I was trying to save a file. It's because it was defaulting to OneDrive. Mm-hmm. All those numbers, it's starting to sound like a snowboarding trick. You know, <laughs> when you pull an Office 720 right into a, a Windows 8.1? <laughs> on your OneDrive. <laughs> so, yeah, so this this Dropbox integration, I mean, there's a lot of people that use Dropbox. I, Dropbox is over a decade old now, I want to say. And and they have the Dropbox selection right there by OneDrive. And if if you have a Dropbox account, it's just as easy as OneDrive now to save your files. So And Wait. vice versa, if you have a file in Dropbox, you can open it straight into Office 365. So Which, on one hand, it's like that's not helping OneDrive any. But it is keeping people from using Google Docs and Google Drive. And I think that's their goal. Whereas Docs is you know, trying, so. Google Docs is trying to uh, convert all the Office documents into Google Docs instead. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, I think I think you're right there, Zook. I was actually just going to pose the question: Why do you think Microsoft is doing this? Because you know, obviously, it doesn't help their cloud storage if they're partnering with another cloud storage. <laughs> but I think you hit the nail on the head. It keeps people away from Google. Yeah, yeah, and it'll be a cold day in hell when suddenly we see Google storage in Microsoft Office. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, like if if they're trying to to retain, uh, you know, users on on the Office products, it would behoove them to put Google Doc support in there or Google Drive support. But I, I think you're right; we we probably will never see that. Instead, they'll just push Office out to Android users like they did this week um, and make the OneDrive work. client for Android really, really, really useful, which it, it is. It doesn't work on my phone. Yeah, no, Schmidt and I can't use the uh, Microsoft Office for Android for some reason. It won't install to the G3, but uh, Zoner has it. But yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, they, they, they push it free out. You can edit Excel and Word documents straight on your phone for free. That's kind of like I could when I had a Windows phone. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> but not exactly, because I'm it actually worked on your Windows phone. <laughs> I'm just going to beat that horse. Okay. Um, 
into some for you. <laughs> <laughs> into some interesting uh, business news. Uh, just kind of funny how this works. Google Pay has been out for oh geez, in one form or another. Google Wallet has been Google. out for two years now, almost oh, more than two years. Yeah, two and a half maybe. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, almost that. Uh, and it's never taken off as fast as most Google things do. You know, there's a lot of reasons behind that. It's hard to get um, vendors and merchants who accept it out there. It's a slow process. You have pushback from all the different carriers who don't want it on their system. They want their own. Um, you get pushback from different financial institutions. I mean, we've seen it before with ISIS slash soft card. You know, it's it's the same thing. And then, of course, last week we had the uh, the headlines about currency getting hacked and how it's having problems taking off the ground. Well, interestingly, Apple Pay launched with iOS 8 and the new iPhones, and suddenly Google Wallet sees a huge surge in use. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. It's interesting to me how Apple has this effect on the industry. I remember back in the day, a bit of anecdotal you know, evidence of this effect in play. Back in the day, I had a creative Zune, or not Zune, Zen. Zen, yeah. Yeah, it was a Zen player. Zune was Microsoft. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I used to listen to MP3s on it. And you can't quite hear it, but I'm using kind of the vocal air quotes. Because back then, no one knew what the crap I was talking about. I did because I also had one and I loved it. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like people were just wrapping their heads around the concept of burning your own CDs. Yeah. Never mind taking, you know, skipping that step entirely and putting the raw MP3 straight onto a digital media player. Okay. Mind blown. <laughs> mind blown. No one knew what it was. And then the iPod launched. And suddenly everyone knew what it was. Well, not just no. that, but they were calling your Zen an iPod. So yes, like, oh, they didn't iPod? know it was a Zen. They they just knew that it was an iPod. But you know what I'm saying? It, it, it did that. It made it accessible to the common man, as it were. Yeah. It made it, yeah, it just lowered the entry point. And, yeah, I, I have a, a theory about this Google Wallet and Apple Pay thing. Um, it And I, I've been using Google Wallet for almost... I mean, solidly for almost six months now, and it's been really hard to find places that that accept it. I, I go out of my way to to find places that accept it. However, I've been seeing an increase of of vendors that that accept it now since Apple Pay released, and so I think that because of the release, release because of the release of Apple Pay, more vendors are getting on board with the touch to pay revolution, if you will. And so that's why we're seeing more people using Google Wallet, because now it's more available. That's people were always the, using it before, there's just more places that accept it. See, I'm a little bit more cynical. I think that a lot of people saw, oh, Apple Pay, well, that's kind of cool. I wish I had, oh, you mean this phone I've been carrying around for a year has that? <laughs> I can do that? That's what that app was? You know, I, I think it was a little bit more than that. And when you take a look yeah. at the numbers, the numbers have come back in. Android is used more than iOS is in the U.S., so why should Apple still be such a, I, I don't even know how to describe it, why is it such a trendsetter when most people aren't on it anymore? Well, mm. how how much publicity has Apple Pay or iPay or whatever it's called um, gotten in the past few weeks since it was announced compared to Google Wallet? Google Wallet's been around since 2011. And, and they have not advertised enough. Yeah, and most people don't even know that it exists, that it's a thing. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and everybody knows about apples. Yeah. Not not only has it been around longer, but it, with within the first couple, well, within the first year, year and a half, it was really hard to get to use Google Wallet. If you were a Verizon customer, good luck. You, I mean, don't even think about it. You know. Oh yeah. And and so it's it's been a rocky launch, um, but now now that everyone has it, no nobody knows it's there until. Until yeah, Apple Pay. So I I think there's there's truth to all of our theories here. Yeah, it might be a bit of all of them. It has gotten so prevalent that CVS and Rite Aid, the companies who jumped behind Walmart in making currency, have actually stated that they might reinstate NFC payments now. I don't know why you wouldn't. Yeah, I know. Wait a minute, you want to give me money? No, no, I don't. I don't want that. Yeah, after after I read about how currency works, I I thought who who would want to do that? Like. They generate a QR code that you scan with your phone, and then it authorizes the, tra- the transaction. If anyone's ever scanned a QR code, you know how not fast it is. <laughs> yeah. One, it takes forever. Two, so can anyone else. Three, all you have to do to modify a QR code slightly is to move some things around. It is not hard yeah. to really screw with QR codes. Which is probably why it got hacked so quickly. Yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. I actually lost my place here. Oh, let's talk about more Google security. security. Yeah. All right. Uh, Google is offering now a USB security key. I love this idea, and I don't like this idea. And I, we'll, we'll get into what it is first before I give my two cents on it. But rather than ins- um, writing a password, all you have to do is plug in a USB key. And it signs you in. Well, and, I, and you you tap the key too. There's a button, a contact point on it that you have to touch. But yeah, yes, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I'm oversimplifying it, but really, that is the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I kind the of understood is, that maybe you had to sign into Chrome as well. So, I, I to me, it seems like it's still a two-step authentication. Uh, they didn't really go into detail on that, so I don't know. Yeah, I I think that this is. Yeah, I think it is just a more advanced authentication. I don't like it, <laughs> and I know I sound weird for saying that because, hey, anything that makes it things easier and more secure should be better, right? But here's the problem: who is currently carrying on them right now a USB key? I'm carrying two of them. Well, other than Schmitty, because I knew that was going to happen as soon as those words left my mouth. But Schmitty, how many USB sticks have you lost over years compared to your keys? How many times have you lost a USB stick versus how many times have you lost your keys? I've only lost one USB stick. I've lost four sets of keys. You are the worst example for anything. (laughs) I know. Why are you even asking me? Ask (laughs) Zoner. I have I never have lost. lost a set of keys, and I have technically never lost a. That's USB the best stick. kind. <laughs> yes. So, I, I, so here's uh, now. Now you've derailed me. <laughs> okay. My 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 idea here is because I use two step authentication. I believe Schmidt, you do, and Zonar, you do as well. Yeah. And for clarification, two stage authentication, you should really know by now because we've been trying to ram it down your throats, uh, is where you sign in first with a password, and then it asks for a code and the code is on a rotating basis either the 
place that you're signing into will text you the code, or maybe you have a generator on your phone that'll give you the code. The point is, is that after 60 seconds, um, sometimes it's shorter, that code changes. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if someone else has your password, and it doesn't even matter if they have your password and code, because in 60 seconds, that code's going to change, and the entire thing is thrown off. Here, all they need, they don't even need your password, they just need the USB stick. See, or... Like- they need your password and USB stick, which still makes it harder. But you know it would be even easier, even better? If it was just integrated into a wearable. Yeah. If it was just part of your Google Watch. You know, and your computer can pick up on its proximity. A lot of computers have Bluetooth now. A lot of computers have NFC. If you type in your password and you happen to be wearing your Google Watch, it yeah. gets you in for everything. My work laptop has a fingerprint reader. I don't need a USB stick because all I have to do is scan my fingerprint anywhere it asks for a passcode and it remembers me. Yeah, I don't well, sign into anything. You're you're right on all those points, but th- I mean, on on top of all those other options, this is I see this as just another option. And USB security keys or security keys in general aren't a new idea. I remember um, my my dad has worked for a number of engineering firms and. In one of them, I was able to see uh, an instance where one of the one of the software packages they used, they actually had a parallel port security key that they would have to plug into the computer's parallel port before they could use that software. Um, and so th- this idea isn't isn't new, um, and there's definitely a market for it. And whether whether or not that's a niche market is still to be undetermined. We we know that Suk won't use it, but <laughs> um but it's is definitely is is definitely people that would use this out there. People that don't want to have two-step authentication by a uh, via a smartphone or a watch, instead they could use a $20 or less security key like this. So I mean there's there's definitely a place for it. Um the only the only downside I see to it is that it's only avail it only works in Chrome browsers right now. Uh, they do say that they're they're going to work on getting it to more browsers and more platforms, but um, it, ha- it works in the Chrome browser and only for websites that support the, this UTF protocol. So it is very limited right now. But I, I see it as another security option in the future. Whether or not we we need it is a personal question, but uh, that's that's my take on it. I just really yeah. want to see it work on IE. <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh, let's skip ahead some um, to a interesting uh, bit of news here. T- let's talk about Twitch. This is not about swatting. This is about uh, dress code. Dress code. Yeah, Twitch has decided to update its terms of service and talk about what you should wear. Which I'm glad they're addressing because I have seen some uh, really horribly dressed people on Twitch. Uh, one one that uh, haunts my memory still to this we day. We should clarify here. When <laughs> he says horribly dressed, he doesn't mean that there's mixing stripes with plaids. He means... <laughs> maybe that they was were. the example I was going to use. Maybe they were. You haven't heard my story. <laughs> uh, he means like a person wearing a tube sock. No, this was worse. I uh, A couple months ago, I was watching a stream of a guy playing Grand Theft Auto V, um, and, and when you're when you're streaming your game on Twitch, you have the option to put um, the video of you in in a corner, um, anywhere you want. You know, so people can watch your reactions while you're playing. Um, 
and I, sometimes it's more distracting than the game itself. Uh, but in this instance, the guy was laid out on his couch with only his whiteies on. And his controller was resting right over his crotch. <laughs> and it was really distracting. I could only watch it for like four seconds before I switched it again. That was about a, four to, seconds more than I would have lasted. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was about to say, your reaction time uh, leaves some questions there. It's it like took, chat roulette. It took three seconds to realize what I was looking at and another second to find the close button. <laughs> but Wait I mean, a minute. He's not polishing a shoe. <laughs> So it's about time that they address this because there are so many people that that need to be following a dress code. They think that just because, um, you know, it's a it's a casual service that they can dress casually. And it's well, not, and, and more than that, there was actually also the case of um, there were actually some girls who would dress in lingerie because they knew that they got more people following them if they did a raid. It's like, oh, yeah, sure, no. I always dress like this. Yeah, right. Because lingerie is so freaking comfortable and full makeup. That logic is sound. It's really annoying when you get swatted in lingerie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, So here's their new terms of service that got added in here. And I love the fact they try and keep terms of service. They try and keep it light. I love it. So (laughs) this one is titled Dress appropriately says nerds are sexy and you're all magnificent beautiful creatures but let's try and keep this about the game shall we wearing no clothing or sexually suggestive clothing including lingerie swimsuits pasties and undergarments will most likely get you reported by the community as well as any full nude torsos asterisk which applies to both male and female broadcasters you may have a great six-pack but that's better shared on the beach during a two-on-two volleyball game blasting playing with the boys Top Gun reference. Uh, the asterisk goes to, and, I, and this is a good point, uh, if it's unbearably hot where you are and you happen to have your shirt off, gents, or a bikini top, ladies, then just crop the webcam to your face. If the lighting gets hot, get fluorescent bulbs to reduce the heat. Xbox One Connect doesn't zoom. Move it closer to you or turn it off. There's always a workaround. <laughs> we sell t-shirts, and those are always acceptable. <laughs> Nice plug for your paraphernalia. That's good. That's good. I also love that. Don't break the law. Is whatever that thing you're doing illegal? Yeah. Don't do that. Seriously. <laughs> stop. <laughs> yeah. See swatting. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know what's with people online. Kids these days. Get off well, my kinda, lawn. Kind of makes me wonder if they have the same um, standards for for Twitter or I mean not Twitter, <laughs> um, YouTube, because. There's there's people that have YouTube channels that are are underdressing according to these same standards. So it's like I mean like Twitch is owned by YouTube, right? Yeah, now they are, I guess. No, no, they no. got bought by Amazon, didn't they? Amazon bought them. Oh, I think. that's right. It, it was yeah. back and forth until okay, never mind. Yeah, no, it was Amazon. I I don't do those things. And we talked about this maybe not last show, but the show everything's running together as they usually do in November. Um, I talked about how I present myself online. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the uh, the people who are making all those terrorist threats as part of GamerGate and why. Well, other than not being a horrible human being, why I don't engage in behavior like that. And it's because I always try and act online how I do in person. And I had the perfect example today of that. Not trying to get all high and preachy here, but we have a moment here and we need to stretch for content. So might as well. My stepson came home from school today and said that while they were in the computer lab, they were pulling up pictures of family. They were doing a family assignment. 
And he had the bright idea to hop on Google and search for his family. And you know what? He found us. He found pictures of me, and he found pictures of his mom. He was confused as to why he couldn't find pictures of him. Why we didn't tag him in any photos, or why we... And we had to explain, because you're 11, and we don't believe in that. You know, some people give their kids pseudonyms online. We don't go that far. We just simply have never posted any pictures of him with his name tagged to it. Um, and the, the fact of the matter is, is that people can find out anything about you very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, unbelievably quickly. Okay? I found my, my wife's birth mother in a 15-minute Google search. I had her phone number and a picture of her front door in an additional 30 seconds. Okay? You can find anything online. And Twitch streams, pretty easy to find. Yeah. You know, so keep your clothes on, people. Seriously. (laughs) Unless you want your 11-year-old kid finding pictures of that. Ugh. No, Dad, why is that police officer tackling you in your underwear? (laughs) I'm just having flashbacks to our conversation when you got first got your connect. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't post those online. I no, didn't you post didn't. Them online. But had I don't even know if Twitch was around back then. But had Twitch been around, I mean, and you were it's very possible <laughs> that there would have been somebody similar to you who couldn't play connect wearing pants. And so they had to take their pants off. And maybe it's maybe a that's, very real condition. Okay. <laughs> maybe that's the reason that people don't stream themselves playing when they wear pants. I don't yeah. know. Maybe we, that's. We, we started selling some of our old Xbox game, and I came across the Dance Central disc, and I just threw it away. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to put You're anyone like stupid else no that pants pain. game. <laughs> Three years later, still hearing about it. And you'll probably still be hearing about it in three more years because the thought of you playing your dance central game with no pants on horrified me terribly. Remember 50 years ago when you were playing with your connect? I don't remember anything 50 years ago. Okay, um, and into our last non-heavy headline. Star Wars Episode 7 has a new title. Has a title. The Force Awakens. Which is confusing. A little bit. Not gonna lie. Yeah, it did, did the force ever go to sleep? Apparently, it was sleeping pretty heavily. Was it sleeping this whole time? Times. Well, no, because Luke Skywalker obviously had it. Darth Vader had it. Some Maybe it was Luke's, in like remission. Yeah, some argue that Luke Skywalker never fully had the force. Like he wasn't fully trained. So maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know. And there was a time where he was the only Jedi. Mm-hmm. How how so, awake can it really be? It'll be in, well snooze, you know. It's it's the snooze button effect. I, I like the, I like your comment about the force being in remission, like the midichlorians are actually a cancer. <laughs> well, the way George Lucas described them, my midichlorian count is high. I have to go in for another bout, round of chemo. I, yeah, I think they used the Force Awakens because the force the force is now no longer groggy. Was too long. <laughs> yeah, the best like, part of waking up <laughs> is, is the force. force. Yeah. <laughs> is with force that's not the best way to wake up <laughs> but, um, you know, i had so somebody yeah. ask me today though they're like so what do you think you're a big star wars nerd what do you think i said if the movie sucks the best title in the world isn't going to make a bit of difference so 
I don't think the titles mean anything anymore. And let's not forget, this is J.J. Abrams, the same one who brought us Star Trek Into Darkness. No colon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The only subtitles that are making any sense anymore are Marvel's. Yeah, true. true. Age of Ultron. Okay, that kind of makes sense. Civil War. Okay, I gotcha. Infinity Wars. Okay, sure. Well, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, those those made sense. Phantom made Menace, sense. not so much. Attack of the Clones, yeah, that made sense. Revenge of the Sith, that made sense too. I, all of them except for the Phantom Menace, which I think only refers to one character who we only saw for like 10 minutes in the movie, Darth Maul. Um, but, no, 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 it was no. actually Darth Sidious. Darth who it was Sidious. To. Oh. Palpatine. Still only <laughs> appeared only 10 minutes in the movie. <laughs> So. Yeah, I still to this day think that's a horrible title for a movie. Yeah. I thought Attack of the Clones was a horrible title. Well, no, because they're clones. No, no. They didn't but actually attack. They didn't it was attack. bring in the clones. Okay. It, it was they, the awakening. They should have of called it like, the, clone the rise of the clones. <laughs> I want to say bring in the clones. You know that bring in the clowns song? <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> a whole bunch of Mandalorian armor with like a clown collar on it. Who let the clones out? <laughs> There's like 800 clones unloading from a gunship. They just keep coming. To the, uh, I was going to say that. I'm going to bleep name, all of that out. That entire <laughs> statement is getting censored. <laughs> wow, you turned that dirty. I was like, sorry. Some of us have a gift. <laughs> Okay, let's get into some legal news. This is less fun, but... Um, no, it's still fun. We can still joke. Let's let's keep it going. <laughs> um, so, there is going to be a congressional briefing uh, happening here to talk about leaked pictures online. Uh, you guys may remember... Jennifer oh, when was it? Well, even before that, no, there was, there was a uh, digital uh, a breach, I think a box, where... The security standards were so lax, and so many people's pictures got leaked from it, that uh, Congress actually had to investigate. And then, of course, more recently was another breach, this time of the iCloud system, where Jennifer Lawrence and many other famous people had their pictures leaked as well. And I think the government is finally catching on. Sorry, what's up, Zoner? How long until we hear about the Amazon photo breach? (laughs) Good question. (laughs) That's a good question. I don't think it's going to happen. And the reason I say this is because Amazon has been in the cloud storage business almost longer than any of them, and it has never been breached. At least not that we've ever found out. It's a pretty secure system. Now, um, that being said, Congress is finally having a a hearing to determine what kind of crime this is. Because currently, if your picture gets leaked out of a cloud-based storage system. No one hacked your property. You know, that's the technicality of it. You may not have known you copied that up to the cloud, but you did. And they didn't go onto your phone to steal the picture. So it's not really a crime, right? Well, Jennifer Lawrence very um, famously said that it is a sex crime. That That's not a reading of the law. That's her interpretation of it. But I don't think she's really wrong either. It is a violation of a person. So Congress is going to be discussing how this is actually going to be handled in the future. 
is this a crime? Well, obviously it is a crime. To what degree is it a crime? To what degree can you be per- prosecuted for it? How do you investigate these things? What kind of standards need to be in place for systems like these? From, from I, my understanding, un, unless she's a minor, then it's uh, distribution of, of nude photos is not a sex crime. I would Am think I that this would fall somewhere between the voyeur laws where you've got the creepy dude taking photos of women in the dressing room type of law and oh, oh what was the other I am derailing horribly tonight <laughs> this is the derailed episode but th- these are photos she knew existed this wasn't a voyeur issue um, and and she's not a minor I, I don't think there's any legal recourse here in, in, in Jennifer Lawrence's case so but should there be she did not know those photos got uploaded Oh, that's a good point. She she thought those people, even a few days after the story broke, people who had their photos leaked still thought people had hacked into their phone to find photos that had long since been deleted, so not did, realizing that, no, no, these are photos that got automatically uploaded to a cloud account and never got deleted. So then with the automatic upload, would the fault lie with whatever service, iCloud or that is the question, and that's what they want to try and figure out, is what kind of um, – what expectation of privacy needs to be made the standard when it comes to these things? And based on that level of expectation of privacy, where is this on the crime scale? Because currently, it's a brave new frontier. There is no scale. You know, There is no expectation because uh, they never thought of this. <laughs> well – Okay, the other thing I was thinking, the revenge porn. You've got ex-boyfriends taking pictures, or boyfriends taking pictures of their girlfriends. They break up. All of a sudden, they're posting the pictures of their girlfriends online. Utah has started to enact laws to try and prevent that. I'm thinking we may see something somewhere between the voyeur and the revenge porn. But then you've got the whole hacking element, too, because obviously there was some sort of a hack to obtain the data so I'm thinking you're going to see some sort of amalgamation between those laws. Yeah, it's going to be That's really, really tricky, I think. <laughs> uh, because and, and it falls out. We're talking a lot about porn, um, rather mature content for what we normally talk about. And I know we're usually a family-friendly show. We'll probably get a lot of hits, needs, though. <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, but it is something that needs to be addressed. Because currently, the laws in place right now about pornography are that... Whatever studio that made it has to be able to prove that the models in it were of legal age. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. And, and gave consent. They need to keep records of that. But now with the internet, like you said, anyone can take pictures. Anyone can distribute pictures. You, they don't even have to know who it was in the picture or who took it or who distributed it. Yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> It needs a whole new book of laws on this that simply don't exist right now. So they are taking some pretty heavy steps to try and put those in place. As a um, public service announcement, though, if you don't want your naked photos leaked online, don't take naked photos of yourself. I, I <laughs> you think know, Polaroids are still good. Solution. Polaroids, yeah, there you go. Or a digital camera that's uh, not connected to the internet, maybe. I don't know. Go hipster, you know. I mean, <laughs> the old school Instagram tech. It was called a Polaroid. Look it up, kids. <laughs> They still sell them. You can still buy a Polaroid. And you don't need that crappy 1977 filter to make your photos look like they were taken in 1977. Because <laughs> it looks that crappy naturally. 
<laughs> See, we could still have fun with this topic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about Silk Road 2. Hey, you remember that, right? We talked about that about a year and a half ago when the original Silk Road got shut down. The eBay for all things drugs, weapons, and humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it got shut down, and it got reformed as Silk Road 2 on the Tor network. Yeah, I remember I remember Dread Pirate Roberts, who was the uh, original founder of the original Silk Road. Um, he said that the, the code for Silk Road has been backed up to, like, 500 servers across I don't know how many different countries. And so good luck shutting us down. We're just going to keep popping back up. So... Well, well, the government took that challenge. <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> um, and, and Interpol over in Europe and the FBI and a few other agencies got together and shut it down. Mm-hmm. The, know, the, I, the picture is I, great. I, I love, love that screenshot. screenshot. I love that screenshot. This hidden site has been seized. <laughs> it's It's no longer hidden, apparently, because it's now out there i'd imagine it still is hidden which means that if you were seeing this site you knew where you were going yeah, which you, probably means you know scatter and wired got the screenshot this. and so it's like uh, you're the last one to the rave and when you get there there's the cops waiting for you yeah i, I think wired got it from reddit because it was posted on reddit pretty soon after it got shut down um so i i like what uh, the u.s attorney pre Bra- barara wrote um, he said, let's be clear, the Silk Road, in whatever form, is the road to prison. Those looking to follow in the footsteps of alleged cr- cyber criminals should understand that we will return as many times as necessary to shut down noxious online criminal bazaars. We don't get tired. So It's actually probably like just Christmas to them. Yeah. Well, and, and, and we've heard reports of like since Silk Road 2's inception, there were already FBI um, and NSA plants that had accounts in it and we're getting paid by silk road for doing things for them so um as as soon as one pops up a sacred agent will be planted in it and they're tracking you from day one so don't think that you're safe yeah I, and let's see how do i pad my resume hmm. <laughs> i probably let's let's bust another silk road sure why not sure it's a win for everyone can i just say i love the name preet barara it's really hard to say B H A R A R A, Barara. Barara. Wasn't he on the A team? <laughs> <laughs> he was the one that didn't like to fly, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he pitied a lot of fools. <laughs> okay, um, Ario. <laughs> I'm just gonna make that a sound clip now. <laughs> they are shutting um, down. They are shutting down. Let's give a bit of history here. Aereo was the subscription service that allowed you to have a digital antenna in one of their data centers. They would receive signal for you, and you could log in and watch live TV or record to their servers over the Internet. Think of it like Hulu that you could control, for lack of a better way to describe quickly. We need to describe it quickly. Well, um, they had to go before the Supreme Court because all the different cable companies didn't like that much, and they lost. They filed appeals. They've been working on whatever they could. They had to sh- stop operations in Utah and Colorado. And they, they, the founder just kept saying, we're going to fight this. We're going to do whatever we can. We're going to apply now for a broadcast license so we can do this legally. Saying they were a um, cable company. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let, okay. Fine. You say that's how we are. Then I guess we're a cable company too. Yeah. The cable companies didn't like that. Um, they've, they've conceded defeat for, 
you know, and that might be a little presumptuous, but they are shutting down operations and closing their office. So it does not look like they are in the position to fight back. And it's a bummer because I'm still out in the middle of nowhere and it's really hard to get service. I, I can, I mean, my, my neighbor and I, we've found out a way to, to get all the channels, but it's, it's still really hard. I just wanted something easy. <laughs> yeah. Now, I kind of get the feeling that this is going to turn into a MySpace or Napster kind of moment. For you kids out there, for you younglings who don't remember, Napster was shut down the same way. Very illegal, sued into the ground and shut down and came back uh, a couple years later as a subscription service. It was kind of like the early Spotify, really. Yeah. Um, and then the same sort of thing happened with MySpace where it was shut down because well, different, it wasn't illegal, but uh, lack of popularity, it was sold, sold again, got shut down and brought back as a different types of subscri- subscription service, more of a social network for uh, musical artists. I get the feeling, and I might be totally wrong on this, but I wouldn't be surprised if down the road we see Aereo relaunched, rebranded, relaunched, whole new thing, same name, same premise, different system. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the the CEO of it, he he said that he's never going to stop trying to realize his dream, um, and there's there's definitely ways around any type of law that that people put in in their way, but uh, he's he's never going to stop until until he can get it going. I I think this this layoff or this shuttering of the Boston office was uh, more of a way to save funds because. Right now, they're just losing funds because they're only available in a couple cities now. So uh, they're not completely shut down, but it's it's a sign of you know a sign of the end. So he's I think he's I don't think he's going to give up. I think you're right. Yeah. Um. And like Schmitty said, when you close an office and stop operations, the company can exist of only one person. You can. It's a lot easier to fly under the radar at that point. Well, in the letter to the company, uh, he said it's now clear that at this time we're unable to obtain additional funding that would prevent the need to close our operations. So, I mean, nobody's wanting to give these people money. They keep losing in court, which is really a shame because there's no reason why they should lose in court if you understand the technology and, and the way that they do things. However, I mean, without money, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Uh, final headline, final fun legal one. The final um, founder, the third founder of the Pirate Bay has been arrested. Uh, he has been on the run. Now, I shouldn't say necessarily on the run, but he has been at large uh, for many years. And they finally uh, got him as he was trying to cross into Thailand. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. He was trying to leave Thailand and try and cross into Laos where he lives with his family. No, you were right. He was going into Thailand from Laos. Oh, yes. It's not written real well here. <laughs> Probably in Laotian. By border authorities in Thailand after attempting to enter the country from Laos. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah, not written really well. Um, yeah. So uh, back in 2009, he and fellow founders uh, Gottfried Warg and Peter Sunday uh, were all handed pr- prison sentences and around $7 million in fines uh, for copyright infringement. And they ran. All three of them went into hiding following the ruling, and uh, this year, finally, all of them have been caught. Um, yeah. 
Let's see here. Uh, Cindy was uh, is now serving an eight month jail term. Uh, Warg spent a year and a half uh, in prison, and he's been uh, given three and a half years total. So, but that's for uh, additional hacking. We don't know really how long Nelj is going to be uh, sentenced for, but uh, this picture here makes it seem like the uh, the authorities in Thailand are real proud of capturing him. This is skinny white guy in a t shirt, and it's like. The entire police force behind him, like he's some kind of super cop that's going to break free or something. <laughs> he's <laughs> definitely nice not going to break free. Little nerd. <laughs> well, he got a nameplate for him. They got a nameplate in front of him. And all but one guy is staring at him, like they're seriously just waiting for him to twitch wrong. <laughs> Probably twitch while dressed inappropriately. <laughs> in his whitey tidies, yes, with pasties, by Thailand. <laughs> All right, well, into our favorites this week. Um, my favorite is kind of a weird one. We just got done talking about Aereo. There is a new service out there. It's for Windows, uh, Windows 8, 8.1, and RT. It's a Metro app. Uh, there's also the Android version of it, but it's called WinTV. And it's a really interesting cloud-based DVR. We're still trying to figure it out ourselves. We just all installed it before we started recording. And while I've been recording, it has recorded and downloaded to my computer uh, an episode of The Flash and the season premiere of Elementary. Supposedly, it's 100% legal. The amount of shows on it are staggering. I found the premiere of Stargate SG-1 from 1997 in their catalog. All you do is click on the show you want. It records... And then it downloads to your system so you can watch it offline. Uh, this is really awesome if you happen to have a Microsoft tablet or a Windows 8. And if you don't, well, sucks to be you. They have t- mentioned they're working on a Windows 7 variant, but uh, they supposedly also have a Droid one. They're currently giving you a two-week free trial to try it out. Uh, Schmidt is probably going to be using this to see if it can replace his beloved Aereo. But even afterwards, if it works out and it works as well as we think it does, the sus- subscription fees are actually pretty affordable. So this may be a, a very good stopgap for a lot of people. Indeed. Um, my favorite uh, comes to us from the Internet Archive. Um, archive.org just released this week um, a, uh, a new uh, MAME converter. Uh, MAME, MAME is a uh, – or MAME emulator, sorry. It's, a, it's an ar- arcade emulator, and they released 900 games. Um, you can play all these 900 arcade games right in your browser. Um, I had some fun with coworkers uh, trying to get uh, high score on Qbert and uh, Battle of Atlantis. So it's it's really fun. Uh, if you if you're an Atari player or or ever played arcade, um, check this out. You'll you'll have a great time. So now you can uh, fail at winning uh, at, at beating Ninja Turtles when you're supposed to be working. Exactly. <laughs> is Battletoads on there? Uh, no, Battletoads is not on there. That's a shame, because that was one of the most hard and frustrating yet fun games ever. <laughs> uh, my favorite this week is new music from Jonathan Colton. He has a new CD out called Joko Live. Uh, I believe it was recorded in a number of cities. I'm not sure if I happen to be on it from his Salt Lake City tour or not, because it doesn't say which cities, but I know Dallas was involved. Uh, but... It is an amazing live album. A lot of times, you know, you get a live album and they're either really good or really bad. And this is one of those that I think is really, really good. As I was listening to it earlier uh, today, I could not believe how much fun it was to listen to and how it felt like I was actually 
seen him live. He did a great job with this. Uh, check it out. It is a great, great CD. Great album. Music thing. How great is it? <laughs> the uh, it, It's really good. The end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is our show this week. Uh, please send in feedback. Let us know what you think, uh, what you want to hear more of. Uh, 801-917-GEEK or feedback at StolenDroids.com. Friend us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, plus us on Google. Uh, until next time, cheers. End of line. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.